Howdy folks, and welcome back to the Craft Podcast. This is episode three. I'm Michael Rogg. And I'm Leslie Camacho. The Craft Podcast aims to give a voice to the community of developers, designers, business people, and content creators who use the Craft Content Management System to build awesome stuff on the web. With this podcast, we're aiming to bring you relevant craft news, to answer your questions and help develop your skills, and to celebrate all of the awesome things that you're building with craft in your tool belt. This morning, we are recording a conversation with a colleague of ours, Jesse Shute. Jesse is a senior developer known to many of us um, for his work on the web with Expression Engine and Laravel and uh, lots of other technologies, but he is just now diving into developing with craft. Hey, Jesse. Thank you so much for joining Michael and I uh, this morning on the Craft Podcast. Why don't you go ahead and give a brief introduction to uh, who you are and where you work? Well, hey, guys. Thanks for uh, having me here and being willing to take some of my questions. Um, my name is Jesse Shute. I am a remote web developer for Zangocorp, and I'm based out of north central Wisconsin. So I have a bit of background in Expression Engine, kind of jumped into that community back in about 2006, and I've been doing Laravel work um, over the past two or three years, and am now beginning to look into some craft um, work, and so I had a few questions. Where did you first hear about craft? Um, well, being part of the Expression Engine community, I've always known about Pixel and Tonic and Brandon Kelly, and um, I think uh, the first time I had heard about some craft uh, development was at um, at a conference. I think it was a conference in San Francisco at I, the Expression Engine conference. Um, but I have just kind of followed along back when it was Blocks CMS, and just kind of always been curious about it. Never really jumped into it yet, though. And and now you're you're about to build your first site with Craft, and you just have some introductory questions, uh, and we're here to see if we can help you with that. And I'm right in the same boat with you, so I'm uh, I'm very curious and excited to see what you're going to ask, because I'm in the process of just getting started on my first Craft build as well. Uh, and Michael, this is this is your time to shine, my man. <laughs> no pressure, no pressure. But our goal here, best. our goal here is to see if we can uh, help Jesse uh, get him in the right direction in the next twenty minutes. Or Jesse, you get your money back. How does that sound? All right, terrific. Well, let me let me start with this. Uh, we when we're building the expression engine sites, you know, you kind of have a basic routine of how you like to go about building from setting up your channels and and custom fields and templates, but I'm curious: are there any are there any standards that you could uh, point me towards, or any you know custom or uh, specific practices that you use when you are starting out on a craft site? Yeah, I think you'll be super comfortable coming from Expression Engine. I certainly was. You know, the common metaphors of uh, entries in a in a section and those entries having field data, custom field data that defines them, uh, this certainly translates into craft, and so um, there's a lot that you'll pick up on intuition. Uh, in terms of first steps, I guess, setting up a site, um, 
like with any site, I'm always going to start with the content plan, uh, like a site map or an information architecture, looking at the different sections and types of content that I have, and also especially the URLs that content is going to have, the URL structure of the site. That's going to inform uh, lots of decisions about how I structure my sections and, and my templates. Um, so looking at the content plan, I can start to see what types of content I have and how I need to represent that content um, in the CMS. Uh, and from there, I can start to uh, plan out the custom fields that I need and the sections of content that they will be uh, applying to. And as I start to build out the CMS, um, always the first thing I'm going to do is set up my sources. And by that, um, we should touch on that more later. By that, I mean sections of content, whether it's a, a channel or a structure or a single entry, sections of content or uh, asset file upload directories. And the reason I set up sources first, uh, sections and, and file upload directories and stuff like that, is because if I then need to go create custom fields that are relationship fields or uh, asset file fields, um, the settings of those fields are going to refer back to the sections that I've created. So it'll save me a little bit of clicking around, you know, through the CMS. And that's actually the reason why it's important for me to be looking at the URL structure of the site kind of up front. Um, because as I create these, these sections, um, I get to decide the pattern of URL that is going to route to uh, an element in each of these sections. And Craft takes care of a ton of URL routing for me as long as I can be smart up front about how I want to structure things. So uh, sources first. And having created those sections, those upload directories and so forth, I can then start to create the, the custom fields that will model the content. And as I'm creating these custom fields, I'm thinking not only what raw data represents this piece of content, but also what's the UI that a content editor wants to be using uh, to create or edit this piece of content. Uh, so I create my custom fields with that in mind. And with that, I can then start mixing and matching my custom fields to apply to the different sources that I created, the different sections of content. Uh, one key difference between Expression Engine uh, and a lot of CMSs uh, and Craft is uh, that in Craft, all of your custom fields can apply to all of your elements in the system. So uh, whereas uh, in Expression Engine, uh, your custom fields belong in custom field groups, and then those groups apply to a particular channel of content. Uh, and it's much the same way if you're working like uh, with WordPress, with the, the custom fields in WordPress. Um, in Craft, all of my custom fields are global in a sense, that they can apply to all of my elements, whether that element is an entry of content, or a user of the system, or a, a file asset. Uh, and so with with EE and with some other CMSs, there's sometimes some duplication there um, of uh, similar custom fields belonging in multiple custom field groups. Um, uh, but with Craft, that's not necessary. I can set up my custom fields once and then pick and choose which of them I want to apply to uh, each of my sections. Um, but it, again, it all starts with the content plan. Uh, and I look at, at the content of the site and the design of the site, and I say, how can I represent this uh, in URLs and in uh, custom field data and in some organization of uh, sources.
All right, that that is helpful. One of the things that I have found so far to be challenging is um, I don't think I quite understand what the major building blocks are within craft or the terminology that's used on those. Um, I've heard things like elements, uh, you know, custom fields, field layouts. Could you give me, you know, kind of a high level of of each one of those items and then kind of how they relate to each other? Yes. The fundamental atomic unit of content in craft is an element. And an element is um, just kind of an abstraction for the different element types that you can have uh, in craft, such as uh, entries or users or matrix blocks or assets. Um, and there's, there's different types of, of elements that craft knows about, but an element is anything that you can attach a custom field to. Uh, and so in craft, like I say, you can create this master set of custom fields, which you can organize into different groups, but all of your fields are available to all of your elements. So if you wanted to have a text field for each user to represent their biography or uh, a Facebook URL, or if you wanted to have um, a text field on an asset to represent the caption of a photo or the source of a photo, or if you wanted to have uh, a field on an entry that relates it to another entry or to a user or to uh, an asset, all of these fields are available to all of your different types of elements. And so uh, I would just tell you an element is a fundamental unit of content that you can attach a custom field to. Um, and so from there, uh, you will also have uh, your custom fields, which are the different fields that you can put content into and attach to an element like an entry or an asset or a user or something else. Um, and then you've got um, what Craft currently calls sources. Um, and this really comes into play like when you're dealing with assets, um, your different directories, whether it's an Amazon storage instance or a local directory on your server, um, all of these things are sources um, for your assets. Uh, you've also got sources for things like entries, which come in the form of sections. Um, and so a source, uh, when you hear that word in craft, it's kind of referring to um, whatever structure organizes your elements. Um, so for example, a section organizes entry elements and an asset source organizes asset elements. And uh, this is often uh, where this comes into play is that you can uh, apply your custom fields to your elements in what Craft calls layouts. And each type of element has a different way of allowing you to create the layout of the fields that your users are going to use when they're creating or editing content. Um, and so Craft allows you to organize that very similarly to Expression Engine and other CMSs. So as you're building out the CMS, you're sort of working your way up through the system, first defining the buckets into which content elements will get organized, that is the sources, then uh, defining the custom fields that will hold the content for those elements. And then finally, you can attach your fields to your elements or associate your fields with your elements um, by adding the fields 
to the field layouts for that elements, and that creates the interface that your content editors are going to use. Wow, that is that is really fascinating. Um, what I kind of go to right away in my mind is uh, thinking back to the Expression Engine database, and that's uh, I keep mentioning Expression Engine because that's where my primary experience has been in the past. So that's kind of the 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 framework that I'm coming from. Um, I think back to like the channel titles table in Expression Engine, and there was some sick information that was assigned. Um, no, was it channel titles? Yeah, I think it was channel titles, where you had you had the channel title and then some basic meta information in that table, and then custom fields were assigned to a group, which were assigned to the channel, and then that's where the data lived. So in Craft, is there is there a set of information that lives with each of these um, elements that is not a custom field? There is. Yeah, there's some system meta information and um, and it depends on what type of element you're using. Um, if you were to look into the craft database, you would see that there is uh, an elements table. Uh, and that is going to list out all of your elements in the entire system uh, and basically that's going to control or, or rather uh, the information in that table is the ID of the element uh, what source it belongs to and then who created it and uh, when was it created and when was it updated so it's very very basic information because again an element is um, a very abstract concept um, but then for each type of element, there's also going to be a table. For example, there is a an entries table which has all of the meta information uh, that is associated with an entry. Um, and of course, uh, even that is a little bit abstract because entries can span multiple uh, revisions or multiple language locales. Um, and so there's also uh, going to be a craft uh, content table which is where all of your custom field data is stored um, and, and attached to its element um, using both the element um, ID and also you know whatever unique combination of primary keys makes an instance of an element unique. So for an entry that would be like the element ID and the uh, locale for example um, makes an element unique. Um, so, so it's a similar structure. Uh, I kind of would equate the um, the craft entries table in the database to the expression engine channel titles table. Um, that's your kind of basic meta information for, um, for an entry. And then you've got craft content, um, which is kind of analogous to the expression engine channel data table. Um, which is where all your raw information is stored. Of course, uh, just like an expression engine, sometimes you'll have field data that lives outside of that, like each matrix field generates its own content table, similarly to how expression engine, the matrix or the grid modules would generate their own uh, kind of external stores for, um, for the data. But it's, it's a similar concept. Um, you've got kind of your, your table that has just the most basic metadata for 
for an entry or for some other type of element, and then all of the actual field data is stored in craft contents. Okay, that that is that's very helpful to see. There there feels to be a lot of similarities, except that uh, obviously the major point being that you can assign fields to elements in in any manner. It's not necessarily a group that's attached to a channel. Like an expression engine, it's a specific custom field group that's assigned to a channel, and those are the fields that are available to those entries. In this case, what you're telling me is that the element is that's the the basic well element of content, and then using custom fields, you can attach any number of custom fields to that particular item. Yeah, and it's um, it's a good uh, comparison with expression engine, but it's also a comparison with lots of different. CMS is um, a, a really nice feature of craft that makes it uh, unique among a lot of CMSs is that everything um, pretty much is an element. So um, it's, uh, it's easy to talk about entries being analogous across CMSs, but uh, in craft actually also your assets and your matrix blocks and your users and, and other elements all can have this custom field information attached to them. Cool. Well, thank you. That's very helpful. Um, I have a couple of questions kind of related to the process of setting up a new site. Uh, of them that comes to mind is how do we handle multiple environment configuration? I'm, uh, I saw in the documentation there is a way to pass uh, different arrays based on the, the site or on the URL that you're um, is that the standard way of doing that, or is there is there a way that uses like the .env library, or how, how do we handle that multiple environment configuration? The really nice thing is Craft has a native concept of multi-environment configs, and the easiest way to get it to work right out of the box is just to follow the example set in the docs. And when you open one of these config files, um, what you see is that um, basically, each config file is returning an array of data to craft. Um, and the first item in that array is always keyed by the asterisk, the wildcard. Um, and those settings are going to apply just in general to all of your environments. And then um, you can add additional items in that array that are keyed by uh, some environment string, which by default is the host name. Uh, of your server, but you could also you can set that uh, environment string based on um, an environment variable or whatever you want. Um, and then craft just kind of goes down uh, the list, and if it finds a match, then it applies the settings in that portion of the config uh, as overrides to the more general wildcard settings. And so what you get is a really nice out of the box multi environment config. Um, and it makes craft very portable uh, because you can uh, set uh, site URLs, you can set database credentials um, based on environment variables, both so that you're automatically using the right database for each environment and to keep sensitive credentials out of the source code repo. Um, you can change system settings like the one I find myself uh, fiddling with all the time is dev mode. Um, so uh, dev mode is a config setting in craft that uh, turns on the template debugger and it turns on uh, the JavaScript profiler 
which kind of sends all of Craft's um, app data and logs to the JavaScript console, which is really helpful. Uh, it activates uh, the dump function in Twig, which is really useful for debugging bits of data. Uh, and so all of that happens when you turn dev mode on. Um, obviously, you don't want dev mode on uh, in production because it's going to reveal sensitive server info. Um, but you do want it on when you're developing a site. And so in my multi-environment config, I can say, you know, in that asterisk section, generally I want dev mode to be off. But specifically, if uh, I'm matching my dev domain, then I want dev mode to turn on. Um, and so, so there's a nice just out of the box in kind of cascade of master settings and then environment specific override settings. Uh, kind of similar to uh, if you're coming from an expression engine background, what you might have done through um, the the master multi environment config from uh, Focus Lab. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about. Yep. And Craft just kind of gives that to you out of the box in the way it reads its config files. And, uh, and this is true of all of Craft's config files, not just the general config. Uh, you can do it with the database config. You can even do it with plugin uh, config files. Um, and, you know, if you wanted to rope in the, the .env library, um, you could. I typically just use PHP's getENV method to grab uh, an environment variable that I set, like in, in an Nginx config or something. Um, and, and Craft doesn't care one way or the other, um, but if, if you follow the example that Craft gives in its docs, you do get this really nice out-of-the-box multi-environment config setup. Great. Yeah, as I was setting up this first installation this morning, my, my first reaction was to go look somewhere for a portable config, but uh, my Google search pulled up the docs. So apparently mm -hmm. this is something that is built in, which is uh, terrific. Um, now speaking of built in, uh, when I go to set up an Expression Engine installation, there are several add-ons that I put in on almost every site. Uh, some of them are, are built by Pixel and Tonic, things like Matrix or Playa, um, or if I um, more on the development mode, things like the developer accessory from Ben Croker. Um, are there standard plugins that you tend to go to on a craft build, stuff that you just add automatically, or is pretty much everything uh, built into the CMS itself? Well, there's a ton of functionality available out of the box. Um, I have found that for most projects that I do, I really could get by with only native functionality if I really wanted to. Um, things like um, you know, popular add-ons for Expression Engine are things like Assets and Matrix and Playa and Wigwam uh, and Low Variables. Um, and all of these um, things have out-of-the-box um, parallels in craft. So for example, what I would do in Expression Engine with Low Variables um, to make kind of global content nicely organized and editable. Craft uh, takes care of through its concept of global elements. Uh, so there's an element type um, called a global that you can, um, it's kind of a one-off group of variables and you can attach your custom variables to it and it's global, it's available everywhere. Um, similarly, assets are you know a, um, an out-of-the-box feature in Craft. 
um, the uh, what I would do in Expression Engine with Wigwam or Dev Demons Editor or their native RTE. Um, I would do with the Redactor Editor that's built in to Craft. Um, relationships, of course, are also um, built in very nicely out of the box. So you re you can get very very far with only native functionality. Okay. How about more of the the developer tools? Like, um, do you, are you familiar with the developer accessory from Ben Croker from Put Your Lights On? Yes, and there's another really nice one for Expression Engine by Mark Miller, the Dev Info accessory. Uh, I don't tend to need stuff like that in Craft. Craft does a lot out of the box for the developer. There's some uh, really nice Dev utilities in the control panel. If you go to I think it's like slash admin slash util. Um, there's you know a log reader and a PHP info and a config um, reader and so uh, so there's that. Craft is also when you're in dev mode, it's spitting out all of its logs and its real time data uh, into the JavaScript console, which is super useful for for easily debugging things. Um, some of these accessories for Expression Engine give you some. Um, some niceties in the workflow for creating a new channel or a new field and and I find crafts native workflow for that to be pretty quick um, and so I don't tend to need to add dev accessories when I'm working in craft uh, of course you know the tool set you want is is determined by your workflow but uh, I find crafts native tool set for developers to be really nice and full-featured the add-ons that I do tend to add a lot are um, basically UI tweaks um, to, to build a, a slightly better, nicer experience for my content editors. Like I wrote a little field type called field notes that lets me sprinkle kind of ad hoc notes and messages and instructions throughout the, uh, the published layouts. Um, and it also, um, in craft, you can't have a matrix block without any fields. Um, but I do a lot of page builders, and so I sometimes want a matrix block that doesn't have any content of its own, but just represents where content is going to get pulled in from uh, from somewhere else in the site. And so I can add a little note there that it that explains that. So generally, to make things just more intuitive for uh, for users, uh, stuff like that I'll install. Um, I you mentioned Ben Croker and his Snapcha add-on uh, is also available for Craft, and I end up installing Snapchat on um, on a lot of sites. Uh, there's also the Sprout Invisible Captcha uh, plugin that has similar functionality uh, and, and works well with their their email plugin. And while we're on the topic of Sprout, I install a ton of Sprout forms um, just for ad hoc, you know, contact forms or um, registration forms. Um, the whole Sprout suite is really nice. Um, but uh, but there's a lot of times when I just need a little form and uh, I'll drop in Sprout forms for that. Aside from that, I, I really don't use a whole lot of plugins. Um, on most sites, I can can build out a site really nicely with just native functionality. Wow, that's great. I'm excited to pin here. I, I'm looking forward to putting something together. Um, I do have two more development questions, if you're okay fielding some of those. Sure. Uh, I am, my background, again, has come from CodeIgniter and more recently Laravel. And as I'm working in, I've been working on, um, on a little add-on just to kind of tinker around with craft development. 
one of the things that has really puzzled me is how to deal with crud in relation to elements and there's 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 code around the element criteria model and I just I'm kind of unclear on how that's basically how you store elements how you retrieve elements um, could you talk a little bit about that yes um, the best place to go to learn about how craft stores and retrieves element is going to be the class documentation um, for the element service and the element criteria model um, and you know as part of crafts documentation um, kind of beyond the the how-to section you actually can get the full class reference that lists every method of every class and where it's inherited from and what its parameters are and what it does um, and that's a really helpful resource for uh, for plugin development um, you can even uh, look at the source code for each you know classes methods um, right there in the context of the the class reference documentation so it's basically I mean everything you need to know is there and very nicely organized in the class reference um, one of the things that I as a developer appreciate most about craft is that top to bottom craft uses its own API so anytime um, craft is uh, storing or retrieving uh, an element um, it is using you know its own um, its own services its own API um, and so um, that API then is available to you to use in your plugins um, and it will take the exact same form with the exact same syntax as you see it done in crafts own source code so when you are saving an element you will use the elements service just like craft itself does so if you go to the class reference and you look up the elements service um, it'll be there with all of its um, all of its methods uh, and you can see exactly what you can do and what format it's expecting its data in um, and the answer to that specific question is it's expecting it in exactly the same format that it would get posted from the publish layout when you save an entry and so all of that is very straightforward because you are just doing exactly what craft is doing natively except you're doing it in you know a different place with maybe some custom logic which you can get your elements by ID or by their URI or by their type or by their locale or by any other way you want to slice and dice it um, and then you can get their content and you know save them just like craft does and of course um, you're working with first-class objects the whole way so every time you're dealing with an element it's going to be an element model or something that extends an element model like an entry model yeah back when I first started learning PHP um, I, I jumped in with code igniter at the same time and one of the goals I had was determining what was uh, basic PHP versus code igniter code and one of the things I have found um, as I've started working on a craft plugin is trying to determine what is craft code versus what is ye code um, how much how much is ye accessible 
um, in your plans, and how much do you find that it, there's specific Yee code versus um, the Craft API? Um, well, Yee is um, is totally accessible from anywhere. In fact, anytime that you are making a plugin in the first place, you are going to be extending Yee's own application component classes. So you can use Yee's, uh, Yee's methods, um, its helpers, its you know queries. Um, in a lot of cases, Craft is just passing those methods straight on to you through its own API. And that is a bit of an advantage because um, that's offering you a little bit of a buffer from API changes in Yi. So if, uh, if Pixel and Tonic has chosen to implement um, a method as part of the, a, you know, a craft class um, as part of the craft API, then you can trust that that API will continue to function as documented even if the underlying Yi code changes at some point. Um, and so that's really nice just in terms of the trustability of, of your code. So whenever I can, if I'm working inside a craft, I want to use crafts API and crafts class methods. Um, but if you need to do something just really esoteric or fancy, then all of uh, the Yi functionality is available to you as well. Um, and again, you know, I would say if you're just getting started with plugin development, one of the most useful exercises you can do is to go read the class reference for all of the helper classes. There's you know, an array helper and an assets helper and a control panel helper and an element helper and a logging helper and a migration helper and a, a string helper and a template helper and a URL helper and just all of these different methods um, which um, unfortunately are not well documented in a lot of CMSs um, are just really nicely organized in the class reference and you can just read through them and get an idea of you know what functionality is available to you for just kind of doing business logic-y kind of stuff uh, in the system. Um, and of course then, you know, if you're working with uh, with entries, then you'll want to go read the docs for the entry model and the entry service. Um, but, you know, for just everyday tasks like generating a URL or parsing markdown or localizing something, you know, there's great helper methods for all of that. Um, and they're really well documented. So if you just go read through those, you know, first casually, then you'll have an idea of the landscape of of stuff that you don't have to duplicate with your own code. Sure, that is very helpful. Uh, thanks for that. Um, I guess the last question, and I've kind of saved this one for the end. Um, when trying to put together some questions for this, it's it's one of those situations where I almost don't know what to ask. And so I want to kind of open it up at the end here and say, what questions should I be asking? What are the gotchas that I need to be aware of jumping into this, this new CMS? Um, yeah, the, the beginner's dilemma. That's a great question. Let's see. So a concept that Leslie and I have been talking about are kind of trying to organize what we feel are the, the pillars of of craft development and um, right now our kind of in progress list is um, the concepts you really need to know about craft solidly to understand the system as a whole um, are elements 
being the fundamental atomic unit of content, custom fields being system-wide, uh, twig, and how twig works in general, its syntax and um, you know generally how it's getting its data from from craft, the content editing experience and what's possible in terms of crafting you know the control panel experience for your users, uh, and then advanced field types like matrix and relationships and how you can model content elegantly using crafts field types. Um, I think if you can get good solid understanding of those topics then the entire world of craft development becomes very straightforward um, and very empowering. Well thank you very much for taking the time to walk me through some of this stuff. This has been very helpful. Michael, I actually have the beginner's dilemma question myself here. Everyone I've talked to about building out your first craft site or or developing with craft in general, they all start with uh, figuring out the content elements in craft itself and having that set up in craft before actually jumping into the template development and getting a, a page up and running, uh, for example. How critical is that? Like, for example, if I'm if I already know Twig or or in the process of learning, if I'm more comfortable figuring out a template syntax and setting up pages, am I getting myself um, potentially into a lot of trouble with Craft if I'm jumping straight in and uh, getting templates up and running in Twig and worrying about figuring out the uh, how the elements and all that will come together later. Does it matter which side I start with if I implement my design into Twig first and then go looking uh, for my content structure setup? Or is it actually really critical to start with mapping out the content inside Craft itself first and then jumping into Twig? Well, as a baseline, Craft doesn't care. Craft is bring your own content, bring your own information architecture, bring your own markup. And so you can approach craft from whatever direction makes you feel most comfortable. If what makes you feel most comfortable is to get all of your templates up and running and then kind of um, slowly begin to substitute static content for dynamic content, um, that's perfectly reasonable as an approach. I am fairly opinionated in this regard that I think content always comes first. And so when I'm building a website, I am first thinking about the architecture of the content on that site and how a content editor is going to interact with the site. And I find that having a really good picture of how content is structured on my site actually informs the way I build out my templates and I don't mean the actual markup in the templates, but the structure of the templates and how they're grouped and how they're organized and you know which templates route to which URLs. Um, I find that if I start with, with designs and with trying to, to build templates first before I consider content, um, then I end up getting to the end of that process and finding that there were a lot of places where I could have made the architecture of my templates more elegant and more modular and more self-extending and more maintainable. Uh, and so for that reason, I, I like to, to handle the content first and let the structure of the templates be informed by that. That makes a, that makes a lot of sense. And the 
my inner content strategist is very pleased with with the the approach that you favor <laughs> getting all that mapped up especially since uh you know doing that way is going to make your client happy in terms of content it's going to make your content strategist uh happy in terms of making sure that that's dealt with prior to the designs actually being built out uh, in case things need to change along the way. And it sounds like the dev team is also going to be happy, uh, even if you're a single-person dev, dev team, uh, is going to be happy with that approach as well so that you're not accidentally doing double work or uh, doubling on effort that you don't need to if you just take care of your content first. Did I, am I understanding that correctly? Yes, absolutely. Um, from, from a development standpoint, you know, you're always going to do less work if you are in the measure twice cut once mindset um and um and so you you will do less work on the front end um because you will be able to build nice modular self-extending templates um but you'll also do less work later um because you will have a smaller code base um you will have the tightest most efficient most elegant most straightforward code base that you possibly can if you have built your templates with knowledge of the the content architecture so it's just going to make it more easy to maintain and from a just a very pragmatic standpoint um, if i build out the cms first and i build out the content editing experience first then i can a lot of times stick a content person in the cms you know flowing content into a website while the development is proceeding in parallel Um, and so projects tend to go faster that way and you will be uh, quicker to identify any issues where you might need to you know to revise how something is organized or be aware of a content gotcha when you're building your template Um, those issues tend to come up quicker which is also helpful for um, for both the development process and for the collaborative relationship on just about every project. That does very much answer my question. And I think that we need to wrap things up. Jesse, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we, I hope we've been helpful. It'll be fun to check back with you in a couple weeks to see how it's going and if you have any additional questions. Uh, and best of luck on the project. Please let us know how it goes. All right. Thanks, guys. I got a bunch of notes here to go back through. Appreciate it. And thank you to everybody who listened. Uh, Thanks for bearing with us for our longest episode yet. I hope that there were some gems in there that you find useful. If you have questions or suggestions about the show, get in touch with us. Hello at craftpodcast.com. Also, we would love for you to visit our website and sign up for our updates so that we can let you know when we release new episodes. Visit us at craftpodcast.com. Keep creating cool stuff, and we'll see you next time.